I'm Alexandria Kenyon, spiritual mentor and your host of Conscious Connection, a podcast where we create space for humanness within spiritual development. Me and my, when she feels like it, co-host Kimber Klein are giving you a real behind the scenes look of what it is actually like to be on a spiritual development path. We will talk with coaches, healers, and other spiritual leaders who are making impact as well as our clients who will share their real life experience as they practice owning their intuitive gifts. Stick around for unfiltered conversations that may or may not poke fun at new age spirituality, giving you permission to show up imperfectly human. Welcome to Conscious Connection, the podcast. I am your host, Alexandria Kenyon, psychic medium, spiritual mentor, and human. Here with Kimber Klein, also a psychic medium, um, plant alchemist, and um, integrative energetics Reiki master. Oh, hey girl. Hey, what's up? Hey. I haven't <laughs> seen you for a while. It's been mere seconds since I've been <laughs> Fun fact, uh, Kimber and I live together, and mm-hmm. she is upstairs. Yeah. Hey, girl. What's up? <laughs> so I'm really excited to talk about this topic today because there's a lot out there programming, pictures, whatever it might be around what it's actually like to be a psychic medium. I mean, Mm -hmm. we only have a few shows in the world that talk about like what the actual experience is, like having extrasensory gifts. Mm -hmm. And there's no better person to talk about this with than you. You are beyond psychic and living with you has taught me so, so, so much about myself and my own sensitivity and I'm excited to share that with whoever's listening. Oh, uh, thank you. I, I feel very much the same. Like a lot of my gifts have been coming online, being in your space because of how confidently you own your space and own your gifts. And I'm really excited to talk about it too and kind of like pull back some of the smoke and mirrors. Cause even with those TV shows, there's a lot of dramatics <laughs> around what it is uh, to be a psychic medium. So let's make it a little bit more real. (laughs) Real is a good word. Yeah. Um, let's ground it. Um, so let's, let's start with like, what was it like for you as a kid and were your gifts activated then or how, how did that come into fruition for you? Yeah. So I, my gifts, were very active, like for as long as I can really remember, I was able to like talk to and see things that um, I'd bring up and my family would kind of renounce as like imaginary friends or um, just tell people I'm quirky. (laughs) (laughs) I would go up to strangers and say weird, weird things. but yeah, they, they were pretty active. And then um, I grew up in a very religious uh, household. And so a lot of the messaging that I received around what I was experiencing um, was that it, it wasn't real or that it wasn't acceptable. Uh, so a lot of my uh, experience growing up was kind of 
telling myself what I was experiencing wasn't real or wasn't okay. So I went through a period of like shutting those gifts down um, so that I could navigate and be accepted into my family and, and the experience they were having with religion. Uh, and then the last like five years have really been focused on like peeling back those layers and allowing my gifts to come back online and calibrating my nervous system to experience those gifts in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I imagine having sensitivity as a child and growing up um, in a family with, you know, religious affiliation would be really challenging um, because it goes, you know, directly against, you know, beliefs or like pictures or programs that they have. And um, yeah, what was that like to step into like your psychicness and really claim it? Was that difficult for you? Yeah, it was, it was really challenging um, because uh, the life I had created was around the previous narrative of being Christian, of, of being um, going unconscious. So side note for anyone listening, um, <laughs> when an energy gets really, really big or there's a certain pain in our um, system uh, involving what we're talking about, our, our uh, energetics, our body shuts down. We tend to go unconscious. It's kind of similar to um, if you've ever been in so much pain that you've passed out, um, it's kind of our body's emotional way of shutting down. So when we talk about things that are painful and we kind of like dip out or like forget or kind of black out in the process, that is the sensation of going unconscious. So if you ever hear us saying, oh, we're going unconscious, it's us processing unconscious energy and bringing like that pain into the consciousness. So it's kind of like the buffering of mm -hmm. the radio before like it comes conscious. And it's, so it's like, if you ever see me like black out or like, just don't say anything, it's just me processing unconscious energy. Yeah, it's like they literally lose the train of thought and it's like, I was speaking about something and it's totally gone. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do get to like go through some unconscious energy because this is the first time I've shared the story publicly. Ooh. Like it's just the first time I've really like shared my experience around it. And um, I it was really challenging because I felt like it was a decision like to turn my gifts back on and to go into that space where I was like claiming that I was psychic and claiming that I had these experiences with spirits and with energies. Um, it was really challenging because I felt like I was doing it by myself in a lot of ways and kind of fighting against the, the narrative of the people around me, the people that I loved very deeply. And I had to decide like, this is my truth, regardless of what other people tell me, even if I do love them and even if they do love me. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that can be really challenging just to go <laughs> up against your entire family's ancestral history, just one mere person. <laughs> just NBD. Yeah, it's not a big deal. What I love about spirituality and what I love about this new dimension of self that I'm in is how much amusement is really quite available. So mm -hmm. this podcast there's going to be some jokes. It's going to be great. So I just want to 
like, let you guys know that they're not coming from a place of like um, judgment or anything like that. But we like to keep it light and we're talking about like some serious shit. And we're talking about religious, religious programming. <laughs> Like breaking free from religious programming. programming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like let's let's laugh about this for a second because I like to always put things into perspective for me of like, okay, like I incarnated because I believe that like in my experience that I have a plan and I had a plan to incarnate into the line that I incarnated into. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean I can't be annoyed about it? No. It means that like, there's a level of responsibility that I have. I'm like, okay, yeah, like I I came into this, like taking that power back. Um, can we just laugh for a second? Like your higher self, like what, what what was she? (laughs) What? She's like, like, why, why this religion? (laughs) Let's do, let's do the religious ones. And I find that a lot of human beings who are wanting to access their gifts, um, have to work through, um, the control, just the control yeah. of like, you cannot. Yeah. Especially when like, I talk to fellow sensitive people who had like really, and I don't personally believe in imagination because I'm like, we're channeling it's real imagination kind of makes this like little fake blanket over it. Like as if it's not, but I talked to so many sensitive people and I were like, I had such active imaginations or this active um experience as a child and then like it slowly like goes away as we fight to be accepted by our the people around us um so yeah so you've been psychic your whole life i've been psychic my whole life yeah i think a lot of that too was the experience i had um growing up, I I had childhood cancer and was in that realm of like having other friends with childhood cancer and, and losing friends and people from cancer. So the mediumship kind of, I've always been psychic in the way of seeing energies, experiencing energies, but the mediumship I feel like has come on stronger and stronger over time with like every death initiation that I've had. Um, because I've become more and more neutral to death as like I've experienced death in my life. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, t- let's hear Not about to the your cancer. <laughs> Not to the cancer. Yeah. Oh, that must have been really, really hard for you. I I really can't even imagine. And I'm so happy you're here on this planet. I'm glad I'm here with you and that you're here with me. And that we're no longer alone doing this. We're doing it together. I know. There's such a magic in in being able to have a community and connection and support. And for me, like mentors who know more than me. (laughs) Yes. Going at it alone. Um, But we can talk. Let me tune in to like, I, to be honest, don't know. I don't quite remember a lot of my childhood because there was a lot of trauma. I, I feel that I had to shut down quite early. I do have a memory of being three years old and using my healing energy on my brother because my Mm. parents were going through a divorce and I was trying to heal him and calm his nervous system at three. I remember it very, very vividly. Um, but my mom was an alcoholic, so I had to shut down my feelings and there was a lot of enmeshment there. So 
um, my gifts really, really didn't turn on until she really suddenly and tragically passed. And in those moments, I had my mediumship initiation and also like every psychic gift is coming on. It's all happening at once. And this was about Mm. four years ago. And I was like, am I crazy? Like I'm Mm. losing it. Obviously going through grief, you already think you're just losing everything. And then I'm like stripping back these layers and layers and layers of pain to like find the me underneath all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of judgment thrown at me like, oh, this is just the way she's coping and like healing with her mom's death. I'm like, no, <laughs> this, is, mm-hmm. this is who I've been and, and maybe who I was before. Um, I didn't really have, I've always been scared. Like I didn't really have experiences as a child. I'm like, no, I shut that out. I was like, absolutely not. Terrified, terrified. No, no, no. Um, But now, you know, coming into owning it, I think I came out as a psychic medium. I think it's been three years now. It'll be three years coming up in September. And that to me felt like the most real moment of my life. And I, a lot of people, Mm. so I had a lot of support. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Um, my mom was really spiritual and open. So I like always had like an openness there. Um, but I have, I have definitely faced a lot of rejection, um, because people just don't, don't understand and and they don't want to be curious about it. And that makes a lot of sense because of the way that it's portrayed collectively. When we think about yeah. Being a medium, the first thing I think that comes to people's minds is like, I see dead people. And that brings up the feeling or the sensation of fear. And mm-hmm. that's not really what it's been like for me as a medium. Um, and then I think the next thing that comes up is maybe control. Like, do I have control? Fear and control kind of play this little game together. It's real fun. They're in a nice little dance. They're in a little dance. <laughs> and um, so it's like, does this person have control of their gift? Or am I going to be hurt by this gift? And the mm. answer is no. <laughs> um, if the person, no, no, no. No. If the person has training and, you know, the spiritual path is not for everyone. True that. <laughs> not, not every soul incarnating on this planet is here to be a psychic medium in this lifetime. People yeah. are here to experience other things. Some people want to research and, and like uh, be in medicine. Some people want to like be an artist. Everyone has their own path. Some people want to deeply explore religion. There's no judgment when it comes to what people are doing. In this life, my soul, for some reason, which I know, wanted to embrace every sensitivity possible and help others. Turn it all on. Turn it on, Mimi. Like go through the trauma and then heal through it and then like show others how to do it um, in a really grounded way. And so... Yeah, that's kind of been the experience for me and my awakening. It's been really quite like a rushed four years. And I know we've talked mm-hmm. about this before. For you, it's it's happened over time, but you've just been activated. Like I yeah, I, I was activated and then like 
a definite like dissociation, like numbing, like who am I? How do I be accepted? And then going through the now I'm numb and accepted and I hate it and I am not not myself. So, okay, how do I get back to being myself? And then the flood of gifts coming back on. But it sounds like for you, you're just like just like thrown right into it all at once. And that sounds so challenging. And I see you with that, like having to respond so quickly to the influx of information and stimulus and ex- like gifts of experience that you've had. Like that's, <laughs> I'm like trying not to cry because thanks for seeing me. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty intense um, four-year initiation. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about helping other sensitive people is like, I went through that by myself for the most part. Yeah. And there was a part of me that didn't feel like worthy or like open to having somebody mentor me because I had been hurt so many times by mentorship. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a place where I have this connection and community and friends and guidance and support and it's coming from a really grounded and loving place. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy. I'm happy. And that's what you and I are like here to create for other sensitive beings. It's like, you don't have to do this alone and you don't have to numb out. Mm -hmm. Like there's ways that you can like be empowered by your sensitivity. Mm. Absolutely. And support yourself and receive support from other people who've either experienced it or are experiencing it in in the same time as you. So, Mm. yeah. So let's talk about our next topic, which is the Claire's. Like what, what, what is being psychic mean? Like, what is that? What does that mean? Like literally, what does it mean? Um... It means What's having extrasensory perception. And I also just want to say the only reason why it's considered extra is because we don't have the tools to perceive it or to have empirical evidence that it exists. And our current collective and society has placed the weight on like what is real, on what can be physically experienced. So, or measured I, by science, or measured by science, and it's just because the science hasn't gotten there yet, in my personal belief. We're getting close. <laughs> We're getting close. Though. We're getting so close, and and that's what's going to be really cool and probably super validating for a lot of people, um, is that science is catching up with energy. Because I so believe everything cool. is energy, and I'm so here for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, being psychic is having extrasensory perception and the typical ways that that's described through the clairs. So we've got clairvoyance, which is like the main one to see. It's like the third eye. That's everyone's like bread and butter. Like, do you see? Um, And my answer is yes. (laughs) I'm in a clairvoyant training program right now to just deepen. Um, And so then we've got clairaudience, a personal favorite. Just where you hear, you can hear um, voices, sounds, words. Sometimes it'll come in um, in my own voice, but in like in a different dialect. And sometimes it'll come into somebody else's voice. 
Yeah. Um, for me too, when my Claire, um, <laughs> when my Claire audience was turning on, it was a lot of ringing in the ears. Oh. It's a lot of ringing in the ears. And then I would hear, yeah, I'd be like, tell them this. It would always be this like voice of like, tell them this. Like that, mm-hmm. a, a lot of my mediumship gifts came through Claire audience first. Because mm. mm-hmm. seeing to me, I shut that down. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, oh, man. I had to work up some courage to clear my pictures of fear when it comes to seeing because seeing, seeing is not scary um mm-hmm. but there was a lot of fear because of a lot of horror films that we watched that I yeah. watched or a lot of like projections of what it means to be a psychic and I'm here to just be like seeing is actually not scary yeah and I just also want to say like having these gifts like when you're experiencing them in that way like I feel safe in my system, in my body when I experienced that. But it's interesting, mine's the exact opposite. Like I was so down for seeing and I'm very buoyant, like I'm very visual and will see images and things. And audience took some time to be okay with because I had the programming around, she's hearing voices in her head. Like, mm-hmm. um, But then I like sat and got like to interview the voices a little bit and be like, who are you? <laughs> um, but yeah, so. What's the next one? Clairsentience? Clairsentience. And so this is a big one, guys. Like this is a big, big, big one because a lot of human beings resonate with being empathic, which is essentially clairsentience. Um, And this is clear feeling. Mm. I think a lot of human beings in female bodies tend to be extremely clairsentient. Um, And so they'll resonate with kind of being empathic. And when I think of like um being empathic like what i see is like spongy it's kind of like not having control of your feeling center which can be over feeling or not feeling anything at all um or oscillating between the two so clairsentience to me is usually the first place i start with my clients is like oh wow you're feeling or you're not feeling um mm-hmm. i work in the emotional body a lot And so I'm always just trying to like tune into like, how can we kind of balance so you're not feeling other people's emotions, sensations, experiences, growth periods, all the things in your space. So I I love clairsentience um, because when I finally heard of the word clairsentience, I was like, oh, I'm not empathic. Mm -hmm. I'm actually extremely psychic in this center and it's turned all the way up and I don't need to live my life with this much. Like Mm, mm -hmm. it's over on. And the reason for me that it was over on is because living in fight or flight for so long as a child, um, I had to be so attuned to everyone's feelings around me to make sure that I was safe. And this is kind of a, a, a thing that I see in other people's spaces is like, Oh, I'm, I'm empathic. And what that usually means is like, I had to be hyper-vigilant and sensing like all of the emotional disturbance around me so I could protect myself. And so what we do um, when people work with us one-on-one is help them to come into safety so they don't have to have that all the way up all the time. Right. It's so debilitating. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, an uncomfy place to be in. And and I, I love what you said about like it being... For me too, like being, 
I identified as an empath or identifying myself as an empath, I felt like no control over it. I was like, oh, I just go in a place and I feel everyone's emotions and that's just my lot in life. It's a curse and a gift sometimes, I guess. But now I'm like, oh no, I'm clairsentient. And now I get to know like that's my gift and I get to have control over it or I get to have power over how I'm using that gift and how that gift is experienced through my body. So I think that that's, I really love that you've made that differentiation, the empath versus clairsentience. Love it. Okay, next one we've got, I'm going to say this wrong. So clairaliens. Clairaliens, my least favorite. Your most favorite, please. <laughs> my, okay, my most and least favorite um, clairaliens is um, psychic smell. So, so you were in the kitchen the other day and this is so, okay. Like just like a little note of like what it's like living with another day in the life. a day in the life of Kimber, Kimber Klein. She's in the kitchen and I hear her and she goes, is that a real life smell? Is that an earth smell? <laughs> or, a sp- <laughs> or a spirit smell? Yeah, no. And then literally it came up the stairs. I think it was yesterday and I was like, key lime pie? like do you smell key lime pie <laughs> and I'm like no and then I walk in my room and I'm like it's just in this one spot that smells like key lime pie I'm like definitely spirit smell <laughs> uh, but yeah um it's like my least favorite because it confuses the crap out of me <laughs> like I'll walk around and I'll get a smell and um I'm half blind in my earth body. So smell is really important for me to be able to connect with what's going on. So when I get a smell that's not in earth, I'm like, what is this? What do I do with this information? Um, But yeah, so if you're smelling some weird things that nobody else can smell, Claire aliens. A lot of times when people are opening up to their intuitive gifts, they'll get, especially if they're using mediumship channels um they'll get like the smell of the perfume of the person or like yeah. i'll smell cigarettes all the time I'm like stop like, this is not my favorite common like american experience <laughs> everyone's me, got a connection to cigarettes yeah i'm realizing that i definitely have this gift because i'll be able to smell someone's like uh health constitution mm. yeah mm-hmm. so if i don't like the way that they smell it's probably a no for me but, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll be able to like kind of suss out. I'm like, Ooh, something's off here. I'm like sensitive to smell yeah, as well, but you are like, <laughs> well, it's interesting. Cause I've talked to people who don't consider themselves psychics in any way. Like, um, somebody in my family can smell when someone's sick, like, can we'll know like what you just said kind of like we'll know when somebody's about to get sick or is sick because based on how they smell and i'm i thought it was the weirdest thing for so long and now i'm like oh you're, you're clear aliens <laughs> you're just psychic and and i think there's a lot of charge around the word being like psychic and i think that's because we have this polarity between religion and then like you know persecution of people who had psychic abilities right so yeah reclaiming the title psychic was really really important for me um especially for the women in my line who've had all these abilities and weren't able to be like oh yeah this is a gift versus Mm -hmm. like oh like like fear you know so i'm really really happy to be able to be out and not persecuted for owning my experience 
Um, <laughs> good times, good times. Um, I mean, it's incredible. You're literally in psychic school. I know. It's the coolest thing. (laughs) I think it's like one of the coolest things ever is like, I literally go to psychic school. Like we call it, we call it in school, psychic kindergarten. (laughs) Or we call it Hogwarts. So I just, of course, to my class and it's, it's a good vibe. (laughs) Clairvoyant training to just deepen that center for me. So super, super excited. So moving on from psychic school, which we'll talk more about, I'm sure, throughout this journey because it's very present in my life. Um, we have Claire Gustins, which yeah. is what? Psychic taste. Fuck, I do have psychic taste too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How's that for you? It's not very active for me, probably because I'm like, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, most of these clairs come out only when I'm in psychic space. And so just to explain to people, I've created a a space for me that I kind of turn on, um, when I'm doing this, because before, you know, it's a lot of information. We want to make sure that we're like going into it, like with some safety, some, some container or some boundaries, um, so yeah, I, I've definitely tasted things during readings. Um, I love that you mentioned though, like creating that separate space. So it's not just, cause I think that's important too, as far as like what a day in the life looks like is we're not just like walking around with the desire at least of receiving all of this extra information when we're just like trying to go to the grocery store and do like human things. Like that's not the goal is to get, at least not my goal, at least to get all of this extra information that is, can be overwhelming. And I think that's part of like the training and the honing of the gifts is learning how to create safe space for yourself. So you're not just receiving all this information all the time. Um, but some come in stronger, like the key lime pie as I walk into my room. <laughs> I wonder what that was. We're going to have to tune into that later. Yeah. We'll um, get yeah. I, I think it's, it's funny because at the beginning, of course, when you open up to all of this, you're like, yes, let me validate this. And every person, I'm going to read all the energy. I'm doing I'm all the so things. So <laughs> and then you realize that burns you out really, really quickly because you lose yourself under all of that energy. And then you're like, oh, wait, I have to do things differently. And so that, that journey happened for me last year when I was getting separated from my husband is like everyone's stuff and projections and blah, blah, blah was on me. And I was losing my sense of space myself. So I'm a advocate <laughs> for owning your space. Um, because if you're going to be sensitive, I want you to be sensitive for you, not for everyone else. You don't need to be like getting information about someone's grandma who passed over at the grocery store. Like, you know, those are for people who are, you know, coming into like this consensual exchange with you um, versus just reading everything and everyone or like people DMing you being like, I have messages for you. That to me, red flag. Like how, like there's, there's boundaries when it comes to having these gifts. And I think that kind of I, I don't believe that there's a hierarchy, but I think as you open more and more, 
um, you're almost trusted with like a higher sense of responsibility for yourself and for others. And that's discernment. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what has been happening for me, especially in the past six months, it's like discernment, consent, um, when should I be using this? When should I not? Um, and to be honest, my healing energy, my psychic energy is for me. It's for me. My information. And for your clients. And for my clients who are in energy exchange with me. Mm-hmm. And it feels quite good to not be overloaded with this obligation to read the world, to, to share my uniqueness with the world. It's like, okay, great. Like the people who are for me and are needing support and getting unstuck will come to me. And absolutely. I don't need to be like, I used to though. Like I used to be like, Oh my God, I know their mom died. Like I can feel her. Like I'm going to go tell them. It's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. For me, it was a big, like, I have this gift and I've always had this gift. It felt like a life calling. So it felt like my responsibility, like it was my job to be the savior in whatever space I was in or be the person who had to like help people heal things. And then I was like, it got exhausting and <laughs> overwhelming and very draining. So I, it's like, it's not worth sacrificing my body for like right like absolutely not i came to earth to have fun absolutely on what do we call the planet kimber it's like a um what is what do you call it what do i call it which one the one where it's like a hostile planet (laughs) i mean earth is pretty hostile in the way of like humans still kill each other and so that's what are you you're like it's a level five it's a level four hostile planet (laughs) (laughs) i came to have fun in a at a level four hostile planet zone so Exactly. Um, um, okay, what's the last clear? <laughs> okay, no, we gotta have a laugh because we've been talking about some pretty intense things, and and I also want to say for anyone listening, like it's okay to be where you're at. There's no judgment. I'm just laughing at myself because I used to think my gifts were for literally everyone else, and then I was yeah, like, except me. Everyone except me. Except me. And I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> And now I'm like, oh, no, no, my gifts are for healing this specific body and this specific iteration and exploring my gifts is the evolution my soul chose to be on for this particular life. And if somebody wants to come in and experience those gifts, I got to get paid for some sort of exchange for it because like I've worked really hard on myself to be able to experience these gifts and that's what's fair. Everything is, everything is an exchange is also what I've learned recently. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I spent years training my channel to be able to hold a neutral vibration, to not project my own human self onto people who I'm reading for. That takes a lot of skill and time and Mm -hmm. all of the things. And so, yeah, like if somebody wants to yeah, I'm just using my healing energy for me because as I heal me, I heal my ancestral line. I heal everyone around me because I'm holding a regulated nervous system. There's like, I don't have to do much, but just focus my on myself. Like, yeah, I that's mean, hard to, enough though. <laughs> to, to be honest, like, I think my main focus for so many years was like trying to hold um, space and heal my family. 
and just being like run through the ringer and trying to do that. And then as soon as I took my healing energy back for myself, all of my relationships have just started to heal naturally, like naturally, like spontaneous. I'm like, oh, this is so spontaneous. This is so coincidental. I'm like, no, it's not. It's because I'm healing myself and they're responding to that new vibration and mm-hmm. our relationships are healing because of it. So yeah, most of us as healers, I like to like, I see it like little, like, um, pins. We like try to hold someone from their growth because we're afraid that if they experience pain, somehow we'll be disconnected from them. There's like this fear. And so we keep people from experiencing their growth by giving them our healing energy to like plug their pain point instead of allowing them to experience it and process it and release it. And yeah. so, yeah, similar, similarly, uh, when my mom died, all of my healing energy, because there was such a codependence there, all of my healing energy came back to me. And that's why I was able to start to own my space and who I am as a sensitive being is because I was just completely just being drained by this, you know, this relationship. And I love my mom. I'm not do it again. I'd do it again for you, Lori, <laughs> but let's not come back for a while and enjoy the astral. Um, <laughs> um, cancel clear. I don't think I want to do that again, actually. Yeah, I'm like, but do you actually? I think I think I I think I did well. I'm proud of myself, but proud um, of you too. Yeah, like calling back my healing energy from that relationship, which was like my deepest, most enmeshed pain frequency, were, um, was the way that I was awakened mm-hmm. just through tragedy mm-hmm. and trauma, you know, just the way that my soul loves it. Scorpio moon. <laughs> yes. The suffering. The suffering. And then I'm like, now I'm at a point where I'm like, what's, what's not suffering. Let's not do that anymore. It's not a fun time. Um, the growth is hot, but like, mm. anyway. <laughs> the growth is hot. After the fact. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that's important to mention too. It's just like, just because you and I have had these really difficult experiences and that as a result of that, like we came more into our gifts, like doesn't mean that you have to experience trauma or pain in that way to embrace your sensitivity. Um, It's just what our souls, our souls just wanted hardcore mode. Like we just wanted to. reading the energetics around it too like it has a lot to do with the ancestral line like in these moments I was healing a lot of the energy around um being psychic and reclamation and all of these things in those moments and so yeah it has a lot to do with like epigenetics and like the energetics of the actual physical body that we kind of have to go through in order to to heal it up (laughs) Mm-hmm. And there's always, mm-hmm. there's always new levels of it. Like I still process pain. It's, it's, it's just, I'm able, like we were talking about this the other day, I'm able to hold both. And I'm able to mm-hmm. hold the trauma, the pain, all of the ancestral shit and also be in joy. So it's, it's kind of both. And it's not like, Oh, I've let go of it all. It's like, oh, I cried about my mom in the bathtub three days ago. Okay. And it mm-hmm. felt cathartic because it was mine anyway. Mm-hmm. Tangent. Okay. So the last, and to be honest, my most favorite, Claire, is Claire Cognizance. This is Claire knowing. This is the crown chakra. Like, I know it. 
It just is. I don't know how I got this information. It just is. Um, this is probably my most dominant Claire. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I love it. Clearly I'm deeply attached. <laughs> I feel like it's the most, um, in my experience, at least triggering Claire for a lot of people, because it's like, I don't have any proof. There's no evidence. There's nothing I can show for you or to ex- like convince you why it's true, but it's true. And I know it's true. And then when it happens, it happens. And then I'm like, see, it was true. <laughs> oh, and we like to call that. It's interesting. Cause like I'll have Claire cognizance hits and I know you will too, Kimberly. It's just a no. And we're like, let's, let's actually go and see what, why. And yeah. we call this, we call this spiritual edging. <laughs> we call really? this intuitive edging. Intuitive like, edging. Yeah. I know that this is a no. I'm going to do it anyway. So that, because I know the situation is not volatile though probably it is yeah um you know we're using it's, discernment it's safe enough it's safe enough it's safe enough to where i know i can handle myself but um yeah i like to call that spiritual edging but that's how you like i think learn to own the claircognizance is like like practicing it every day it's like ooh, don't do that like well that's clear audience if you're don't do that but like claircognizance comes in and just like I know not to do that. Yeah, it's like, it's quiet. It's just a little like, <gasps> I know. Is it quiet? Is that thunder? Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, that, that's clear cognizance. It's here. <laughs> but yeah, in, intuit, intuitive edging, I feel like it's, it's funny because it's like, okay, I know this is a no, but I'm going to do it anyway, just so I can prove to myself and my subconscious and my belief system that this knowing is actually correct. So in the future, when it comes to like more important things that are a little bit more like the stakes are higher, I can trust myself more deeply. Um, so yeah, we've been we've been intuitively edging, edging on things. I'm like, I know it's a no, I'm gonna play it out and see maybe <laughs> why it's a no and see how long it takes for the no to be blatant. Um, always been safe, always used discernment with that, but that's been really helpful because I feel like claircognizance is where a lot of us get gaslit, gaslit yeah, the most, definitely. maybe some of the most, because definitely. it's in direct contradiction to the narrative of like, you have to have facts to back up your belief systems. You have to have all of these things to have a, a formed opinion or whatever. Um, ooh, unconscious energy. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm, hold on, pause for unconscious energy. So let's talk about what it's like for us to be psychic every day. I know we've kind of touched on it, but what is it like for you living in this world, having the sensitivities? What is that like? before having nervous system regulation practices or after (laughs) let's talk about before your nervous system regulated um before i felt like i was a product of my environment like i would go somewhere and if the vibes weren't right or if the people weren't like someone i was really comfortable with and felt safe with like i would get really anxious and nervous because i didn't know how 
any situation or any environment would affect me. And I didn't have the structure in place to make sure I felt safe and supported. So I could go somewhere like the grocery store and just trying to get my, my, I used the grocery, this is the second time I used the grocery store. Grocery stores are very impactful because there's a lot of energy. <laughs> there's a lot of different people. You're moving a lot. <laughs> a lot of different moods. Um, and then I would go to the grocery store and then come home and have a massive headache or feel sick to my stomach or just feel grumpy for the rest of the evening and not really have a reason why. Like nothing really happened profoundly that I could say, hey, this is why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I would just be really um, influenced, easily influenced by the situations, the people and the environments I was in. Uh, so that looked like dissociation or uh -huh. like fight or flight. I have a reason. I know exactly why. It's because you're a Pisces stellium. You're a moody fish, girl. Just literally everything. <laughs> That's, a everything. That's a joke. That's a joke. I am a Pisces stellium. It's Did true. you use that? Like, were you like, oh, I'm just a Pisces. Like, I, I can't. I didn't that. start using that until I moved to Asheville, which was oh, in okay. January. Vendetta. No. I literally, my friends would literally just tell call me a sponge. They're like, oh, yeah. you're just a sponge. Like I would go to events with my family and my partner at the time was like, I would say like, I hate it when you go see your family because you come back and you are so grumpy. You are so irritable. You are like this, this, and this. And it takes you like, it took me multiple days to like unravel or un peel back like the stuff I would take on from being in the situation. Uh, so yeah, that's before nervous system regulation and like energetic sovereignty. <laughs> How long does it take you now to shift? Because it's not like the energies around you are shifting. It's, it's you being able to have awareness of your ability to shift that within yourself. So how long does that take you to shift now? Uh, when it becomes in my awareness, when it's in my awareness, mere minutes. And I think it takes probably the tops I've been experiencing is a couple hours for me to have it in my awareness. I know like went from like 48 oh, yeah. hours to like two. I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> there was a time that I was spun out for probably f a month. Oh yeah. So same. <laughs> so, or maybe even many years. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> I'm so proud of you that it's, it's, it's takes you mere minutes. And I've seen yeah. it. I see it in the everyday. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I mean, you've had a lot of impact on that. Um, specifically the, one of the like most supportive things with that space of me recognizing when it was somebody else's energy and not my own is you told me if it's your pain, it will feel good to process. It'll feel relieving and cathartic to process. If it's somebody else's pain, feels like crap, feels debilitating. It's unclear. Like I can't put a, a, a reason to it. It's just like in my space. And since you said that to me, I was like, okay, does this feel good? And like eat like somewhat easeful and cathartic to process? No, absolutely not. It's not my shit. Get out of my space. So thank you a so mood. much for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I took so many people's emotions on and I did the emotional labor for like, I mean, I was primarily clear um sentient like that was like just the feeling centers on all the time um i just did so much emotional heavy lifting for people that i have this like ability to be like 
I'm going to go process, but like, this is not mine. Like, this isn't it. Yeah. So I just send it back. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, because I don't want to keep somebody from their growth. That's not Absolutely my responsibility. Not. Yeah. So I send it back and I'm like, okay, like they are an adult. So if they're an adult, this is very different. If it's a child, it's very, very different. I'm talking about adults here. Adults for the most part have sovereignty over self, maybe. <laughs> and they have, you know, we just, that's their soul's journey. We step away yeah. from separation. Um, <sighs> my or at dream. least we invite them back to yes. sovereignty by not saying like, I'll take this for you. I'll do like, this work for you. And then you don't learn the lesson and then it keeps coming up and then you're stuck in this pattern and mm-hmm. you can't get out because people keep, you keep going to women, you keep going to healers, you like, like just take it for you and you're not actually processing it. So your body can release it. Yeah. And also I, I, I want to acknowledge like how scary that can be as a sensitive being, especially in a female body in relationship, like claiming like, and sending that back, like having the fear around like, what value am I bringing to this relationship? If I'm not doing the emotional labor list, that's something that I've experienced is like, am I gonna, is my partner or these people I'm in relationship going to love me and value me if I'm not taking their pain away from them or if I'm not processing their emotions for them I still come against that one yeah (laughs) like to this day it's like okay I'll just step in and like what's my value and is my value being a healer in this way or like doing emotional labor because I'm so good at it and it's just like I'm like, nope, I'm going to call that healing energy. So that's definitely a growth period that I'm in for sure. Definitely. Um, I think the last thing that I want to talk about is kind of the idea in the pictures around psychics or like, like what is it being to be psychic, to be sensitive to energy, to have access to these clairs versus like, what is it like to, in your words, be a future caster? Yes, a future caster. A future caster. I have some shade around here. <laughs> We're about to throw some shade. I'm going to put up a judgment rose. <laughs> so the rose is just there to collect the energy. Future casters. Tell me what a future caster is. What is a future caster is somebody who uses their awareness of potential timelines. And so like just a real quick side of that, like being aware of the energy, you can be aware of potential timelines that can take place. And there are millions of timelines that could take place in response to a single moment, um, millions of them. And they're all impacted by free will and a person's choices and their sovereignty. And so a future caster is somebody who's tuning into the potential timelines and telling somebody what timeline is going to take place uh, for that person. And the reason why I'm not a fan (laughs) is because, first of all, it's taking somebody's sovereignty and authority away by saying, as a psychic, I have the the site and I can see what timelines are available and which ones are going to happen. This is the one that's going to happen instead of giving somebody the, the tools and empowerment to choose for themselves like we talked about. And it's also, I think, very 
can be very dangerous and potentially damaging because of how our our brains work in self-fulfilling prophecies um, because we've given our sovereignty away and our power away to this psychic and have said what's going to happen to me what's what's going to happen in my life and them telling us it instills this like neural pathway and this belief that that's what's going to happen and it makes it very difficult to choose differently or to create a timeline separate from that because we've given our power away to somebody else and have basically consented to that timeline that they said is going to take place so i'm not a fan of future casters because it takes us out of our sovereignty and is not great and i know that you have an experience with the future caster and i would love to hear about it <laughs> of all meet winston he is having his own journey on this wall which there's stairs behind me so if he falls <laughs> he's good <laughs> okay he's the cat uh, yeah okay let's go into the future caster story i'm ready okay um <laughs> I'm bitter. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not. I can talk about this. It's, I'm, I'm pretty neutral to it now. Um, when I started my journey, I was obsessed with psychics. I was like, fuck you. Because what I didn't realize at the time is that I was reading the energy of how they were doing it so that I could model it mm-hmm. instead of just getting a training program. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let me just go. I feel through. that. Yeah. I like, and like, there's like, nothing wrong with it? that. It's, it's really fun. It's fun until it's not fun. <laughs> um, and so you're like tuning in every three days to like a tarot card reader and you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just gonna, cause you're matching that energy you're mm-hmm. matching it. And so I had a reader recommended to me, recommended to me by somebody I trusted. And, uh, the reader was really old school. I want to say he was like in his like 60s he like sent me the reading on a cd okay like a cd <laughs> in a cd drive um, uh, like how did you play your reading i recording? also had to mail him a check like <laughs> this is adorable it was cute he's like and i was like you trust me to just mail you this check and i was like of course i'm gonna do it like i'm not gonna fuck with psychics um, <laughs> anyway so i have this reading i'm obviously he was he was using tarot cards because like I could hear him. It was over the phone. And by the way, it's totally okay. If you have a reading over the phone, it's actually better sometimes because if people are using clairvoyance and like all this stuff, it's actually easier. I've done a lot of readings over the phone or zoom. So just like, if you're like curious, um, sometimes it's better for us to be in our own space via zoom and read you through the energy versus like being in the same room with you and like matching that energy at the time. Not that it's more difficult if you're, if you have training, but like, it's just over the phone is chill. Mm-hmm. All, all of my energy work is over the, the internet. Um, anyway, so we were having this reading and I was like writing it all down on my journal. I was like, Please. so fucking open and like, please someone help me. <laughs> and he had told me, he was like, I see a death in your family. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm over here like, um, at the at the time, a person in my family was really, really struggling with mental health. And my mom had just, you know, died from mental health. And so I was like, that was a big fear for me. And so he, he pulled this card and said, yeah, a male figure in your life is going to die. And I was like, that spiraled me out for weeks. It created anxiety, created stress in my life. It created it took me out of a space to where for me, like it was, 
at the time I really needed to disconnect from people and it made me feel guilty that I was like, oh, I have to reach out to them, like give them my mm-hmm. healing energy or they're not going to live. And it was this whole journey. Um, so yeah, if someone tells you that someone's going to die, first of all, source would never give that information. I don't believe that uh, like source would give that information. I, I don't either because it's not supportive to an evolution. And if you were to, I'm not saying that you can't receive that information. I'm saying for a reader to not be able to filter that and not yeah. share, not okay. It's not okay. There's certain, there's certain boundaries that should not be crossed when it comes to this work because as a reader, your job is not to create anxiety or stress or it's to create healing and a safe place for them to process, to bring them back to their sovereignty, to help them get unstuck, to help them move forward, to help them connect and process their grief, like whatever it is. Like, so yeah, I'm pretty discerning of readers who haven't gone through this process or this initiation. I've definitely been initiated in it where it's like, you don't share certain things. There's just, they're just not meant to be shared. For me, one of those boundaries is sharing about babies. Mm -hmm. I just won't do it. Mm -hmm. Like I can see them, but I'm just not going to, it's just why. Yeah. It creates unnecessary anxiety. Yeah. And I think that it's a a lot about like the consensual exchange and what's agreed upon before the reading. But I think as an empowerment to like anybody who's receiving these reading or readings or psychic support, like if you don't feel empowered, if you don't feel good in your body, if you don't feel safe after receiving that reading, I would take a step back and examine it and, and really discern whether or not that was meant for you. Um, and that if that's supportive for you, because psychic support should feel empowering. It should make you feel, in my opinion, it should make you feel like I, I have a clear knowing of where I want to go and what's right for me and what's um, going to be for my highest and best. 100%. And you have those answers within. Mm-hmm. I do a really cool um, meditation called the Higher Self Connection Session. And it's a mild hypnosis. And we take you to be able to start creating connection within yourself to like get those answers and we'll do this in the metamorphosis container that we have coming up Yes, help our clients get connected to their own answers. But for me, a red flag is any healer trying to take you away from your own authority or claiming that their vision is the right way for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And just not having the discernment, a reader, not having the discernment of what to share and like oversharing. It's, yeah, it's very odd to me. So just yeah. not doing that in 2022. No, we And I are... apologize if I've done that to anyone. I'm so sorry. It's mm. all about learning. It's all about moving forward and doing mm-hmm. doing the best we can as we move forward. But yeah, I think that I think as a, a collective in general, like we're we're all eager to take our power back. We all want to have this um sense of sovereignty and agency over our gifts, over our space, over where we're going with our life. And psychics can be really supportive in that way. And I think that 
Um, what I'm really excited about in metamorphosis is that we're like teaching sensitive beings on like how to do that for themselves. Um, so yeah, lots of excitement for that continuous. That program is going to be so exciting. <laughs> it's coming soon. If you want to get on the wait list, go to alexandriakenyon.com slash metamorphosis. It's like, get on our wait list and then we'll send you an email when we're ready. Yeah. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. My show note queen. She makes all the show notes. She makes them look so good. (laughs) So yeah, I guess. Final, final notes, being a psychic medium is basically like being a normal person. If you have the tools and can regulate your nervous system. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would definitely invite anybody who feels like they're really sensitive and can get overwhelmed or related to any of the experiences we talked about to, to reach out to us and see if that's something that we could provide support with, because it's not something that I think we are made to do by ourselves at all. So get support, get community. Yeah. No, no, I'm no. like, don't, I did it for two years by myself. It was not a vibe. 10 out of 10. Do not recommend. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> well, thank you, Kimberly, for this beautiful discussion. I, I love being a psychic medium with you and I'll see you for the next episode. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to Conscious Connection, the podcast. We want to remind you that any statements or opinions shared on this podcast are from our own experiences or that of our guests, and we invite you to take what resonates and leave what doesn't. If you love our show and want to connect with us further, please reach out through our website or Instagram linked in the show notes. We're excited to announce our group program, Metamorphosis, will be launching in the fall. To learn more, please go to alexandriakenyon.com slash metamorphosis. See you next time.